G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In anticipation of Christmas in a little over a week, the team at Leading the Way thought it would be encouraging to listen together to a Christmas message from our teacher, pastor and author, Dr. Michael Yusuf. You know, there are so many people running around and saying that it doesn't matter whether you believe in Jesus or not. Everybody's going to make it in the end. That is an absolute lie, my friends. The truth the Bible makes it very clear is that if you make room for Him today, if you receive Him as your Savior today, then He will receive you in His eternal habitation in the last day. And so I want you to listen very carefully to this message, that you will be, not only be blessed, but be challenged if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, that you would do it today. A man by the name of Terry Tankinselli tells a story from his college days about how a fraternity brother of theirs by the name of Herb was turning 21. And the fraternity brothers wanted to give him a surprise birthday party. Terry and two others were his roommates and were very close friends. So they organized the party. And all the details were taken care of in terms of the invitations that was printed, booked a room for the party. And so on the day of the surprise party, 30 of these fraternity brothers showed up ready to party. And 30 minutes into the party, Terry and his other two roommates remembered that they forgot to invite Herb, the guest of honor. <laughs> Refreshments were served. A cake with 21 candles was lit. And they began to sing, Happy Birthday, Herb. Some wanted to stop the celebration, but the others said, no way. We are here. We're ready to celebrate with or without Herb. <laughs> and so as the celebration began, the MC had a, a gift in his hand, and he made a speech about her, told jokes, and everybody snickered, and everybody laughed. And, but all of a sudden, they realize there is no one to give the gift to. The guest of honor is missing. And so 30 fraternity brothers left behind three roommates who were bewildered and they were disappointed. The next day, when they saw Herb, they said to him, they said, told him the story, told him what happened. Herb too thought it was a big joke. But what this story reflects is the fact that there are millions of people who will be celebrating Christ's birthday without the guest of honor. The honored guest of Christmas is absent from many a celebration. The honored guest of Christmas will be absent from many a gathering. The honored guest of Christmas will be absent in many a home. 
the honored guest of Christmas will be left out in the cold. Ludicrous as all of this might sound to some of you, the truth is this. From the very beginning, when the Son of God came from heaven into our world, there was no room for Him. When the Blessed Virgin Mary was delivering her virgin-born Son out of town as strangers, there was no room for Him. There was no room for Jesus to be born other than that filthy barn where the animals eat and sleep. That was all by design. This was not an accident. There was not just something, well, you know, they got stuck and they ended up in a barn. No, 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 no. That was by design. From the very beginning, God said, that's going to happen. That when God the Son was going to be born into our earth, He was not going to come in glory and in splendor, but He's going to come in humility. For thousands of years before Christ was born, it was foretold by many a prophet. It was predicted by all of God's messengers. Hundreds, even thousands of years before God the Son was born in Bethlehem of Judea. The Word of God said He will not come into earth with power. He will not come into earth with earthly splendor. He will not be born in such a way that He's going to be dazzle people, intimidate people, frighten people, scare people into believing in Him. No! It was from the beginning. It was meant to be. He will not be born in the king's palace. You see, everybody was thinking of Caesar. Everybody was thinking of King Herod. Nobody was thinking of a baby born in Bethlehem. Here we are 2,000 years later. We're worshiping Him. We don't think much of Caesar. You see, if he was born in the palace of the king, the walled fences would have made him unreachable. The bodyguards in the palace would have made him unapproachable. The pomp and the ceremony would have isolated him. The throne would have made him remote. That is why when the creator of all mankind was born, he was born in a barn. And that was by design. By God's design from the very beginning. When God left the glories of heaven, when he left the splendor of heaven and came to our earth, he wanted everyone to identify with him. The poor, the weak, the lowly, everyone to identify with him. Why? Why? So that 30 years later he could say, Come unto me, come unto me, all who are brokenhearted, and I'll mend your hearts. Come unto me, all who have broken lives, and I'll give you a new life in me. Come unto me, who have broken dreams, and I will give you new ones. Come unto me, who have dashed hopes, and I will give you eternal hope. Come unto me, all who are filled with guilt and shame, and I'll replace it with my righteousness. Come unto me, who are burdened with guilt and sin, and I'll forgive you. See, that's the message of Jesus. That's the message of Christmas. That's why Jesus is the only one who could issue that invitation. He is the only one who could say, come to me. I know we live in such time where political correctness has run amok. I know that 
There's a fallacy in the media today, particularly in the Western media, that have taken words, beautiful words that we normally use, and they twisted them. The word tolerance. It's a beautiful word, magnificent word, but they mean it to be. All religions are the same. All these people are founders of religions, Muhammad, Buddha, Krishna. None of them could ever issue this invitation. They said, go on to search here, go search there. In fact, you would offend the Muslims if you tell them that they're worshippers of Muhammad. You would offend them. None of them could issue an invitation that says, come to me and I'll heal you. Come to me and I'll save you. Come to me and you only in me you'll have eternal life. Only Jesus could have issued such an invitation. That's why those twisted words by the PC police are confusing to people confusing them, and the truth becomes muddied. Only the Creator God, who created all of humanity, can issue that invitation. And because He is the Creator God, therefore the invitation is not limited to a certain ethnic group or a certain people who speak a certain language or certain class or people of some religion. No, 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 no. The invitation is issued to whomsoever, everybody. You see, I told you this by design, that Jesus did not have room in which to be born. And here we are, over 2,000 years later, here we are, even in lands like our lands, who believed in Jesus and once honored Jesus, now, today, we're shunning Jesus. We're shoving Him out. Today, there's more room in a school curriculum for Buddha, Muhammad, or Krishna than for the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ. Today, in the schools and the places of learning, there is no room for the only one who is the source of all enlightenment and learning. Today, there's no room for Jesus on the college campuses. The only one who is the source of all knowledge, there's no room for him. There's no room for him. Today, 2,000 years later, there's, in the halls of government, there's no room for Jesus. The only one who governs the universe is left out in the cold, in the places of political power. His name is forbidden from being mentioned in public by executive orders. His name is forbidden by court orders. His name is forbidden by the highest office in the land. Today, there is no room for Jesus in the courts of law. The only one who is the author of good laws, the only one who is the perfect judge of the universe, the only one who rules shall see no end. No room for him in the courts of the land. The only one, the only one, Today, there is even no room for Jesus in many a church. Oh, they will talk about Jesus in this Christmas season, but they strip him out of his supernatural power. They will strip him out of his divinity. They will strip him out of his glorious majesty, that God of very God who became man of very man, and they will present him just as a weak and helpless babe. Oh, but remember, the day is coming. And it may be sooner than any of us think that this helpless babe will come back as a ruling monarch with a scepter in his hand. He will judge the world, the Bible said. 
He will judge every single human being ever lived in the universe. I'd be in no room for Him in many places. But will you make room for Him in your heart? He is knocking on the doors of every heart and says, Let me in. I love you. I care for you. I died for you. Will you make me the Savior of your soul and the Lord of your life? He's knocking on your door, the door of your heart. I pray that not a single person, whether watching around the globe or right here, who had not opened their heart to Jesus, they would do that today. What a great day. What a great Christmas would that be when you make room for Jesus in your heart and so that He can make room for you in heaven. He's the only way to heaven. There is no going to heaven without Jesus. He says so, and I take Him at His word. The reason why Jesus has no room in the inn is very simple. Because He is the answer to all of our problems. But we are determined to solve our own problems. Because He's the only one who can save us. He's the only one. But we are determined we're going to save ourselves. We are good enough for God. God said, none of you are good. <laughs> Only when He comes through Jesus will He see the goodness of Jesus in you. Because only in confession and admitting our moral bankruptcy will we able to invite Him. But we're too proud to admit our failure and our hopelessness. Yet today, just like it was 2,000 years ago, Jesus knocking on the door. Will you invite him? Or are you going to leave him in the cold? One more Christmas. One more Christmas. Will you receive him into your heart or continue in your state of confusion? Will you confess your pain and guilt and shame and receive his healing? Or will you remain in your loneliness and your frustration? One more Christmas. But there's more. There's more for God to leave the glories of heaven and be an embryo in a virgin's womb. There's more. Where will you spend your eternity is a question that should haunt every single person until you answer it. Where will you spend your forever? Every one of us. Every one of us. After we physically die, we're going to live forever. And the Bible says there's only two places in which you can go, either in Jesus' heaven or in that Christless, darkness, eternal, bottomless pit. Only two places. Where will you spend your eternity? I plead with you. Answer that question for your sake. I know, among other things, Hollywood has been repeating a lie in all of the movies and all of the media that everybody, when they die, they go to heaven. Those people go, supposedly they died for a few seconds, a few minutes, and come back and said, oh, I saw light and I saw wonderful. Let me tell you about the one who died and was buried for three days and what he said about heaven. It is his father's house, and only those who put their faith in him will be in that heaven. Don't trust somebody died, supposedly died and came back, or a coma, or whatever. Trust Jesus. He's the one who rose from the dead on the third day. Today, you can invite the guest of honor the Christ of Christmas, to come into your life today. Say, come to my life, Lord. I invite you as my guest of honor. Come and change me from the inside out.
Come and transform me by your forgiveness and your love and your care. Come and heal my broken spirit. And I tell you, the Bible, you have God's Word. He said, the moment you pray this prayer, He's going to come. His Holy Spirit is going to come into your life, and He's going to empower you to worship Jesus for the rest of your life. You're not only going to be thanking Him for the rest of your life, you're going to be spending eternity thanking Him. Will you invite Him today? Say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I place my whole faith in You. You died on that cross. No one can save me but You. Someone may say, well... Michael, you don't know me. I've gone too far in my sin. I I don't think God will forgive me. Let me tell you something. You could never sin far enough for God not to come into your life. He saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. If the Lord of glory graced that filthy bond by the birth of His one and only Son, He can come into your life regardless of how far you have gone, and He can turn your heart into a throne for Him. He can do that today. Because He loves you. Don't ever forget that this baby Jesus grew up. And for 33 and one-third of a year, He was sinless, tempted in every way, but never sinned. A sinner cannot save a sinner. He was sinless. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He gave of Himself so freely to show us what the love of the Father is like. And then... He hung on a cross, the worst kind of death, the death of a criminal, sinless, died on a cross to pay the wages of every sinner who would come and acknowledge that they're sinners. And then, on the third day, He rose again with every power of His omnipotence in order to assure everyone that put their faith in Him that they too will be resurrected. They too will be with Him for eternity in heaven. But unless you invite Him now, in this life, you will not be invited into His heaven. Let me tell you a story that Paul Harvey used to tell. It's a really an amazing story. It's a story about a family whose patriarch, the father, came to his family on Christmas Eve, and he said to his family, he said, I'm so sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not going to church with you this Christmas Eve. I just feel like a hypocrite when I go to church on Christmas Eve, and, and I don't really believe the stuff about God becoming man in order to save us, and it doesn't make sense to me. I'm staying home. So he stayed home while they drove off to church. As he sat down to watch television, he heard a thud in the window, followed by another thud. He wasn't sure what has happened because he knew it was storming outside or snowing. So he got up and looked outside, and he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They got caught in the storm in their migration south, and they were desperately searching for a shelter. First thought, in his head, what do I do to help these helpless creatures? I mean, I've got to do something. They're going to freeze to death. They're going to die in this snow. All of a sudden, he remembered the barn that his kids uh, used to uh, keep their ponies in. 
And he said, I know what to do. I'll open the barn door and see if I get the birds in there. So he put his galoshes on, his robe, and, and he goes out, open the barn door, and, and turn the lights on. And he wanted these birds to go into the barn desperately. They would not go. They would not go. He thought, well, if I put food in front of them, I might be able to guide them into the barn, the nice warm barn, so they don't die and freeze. So he goes out and takes some crumbs, and he starts throwing these crumbs and made a line all the way to the warmth of the barn. Birds would not move, would not follow. He tried to shoo them into the barn. Did not work. He tried to even catch them. All they did is just scattered in every direction, except into the warm barn. That moment he realized. He realized, he said, they're afraid of me. To them, I'm a strange creature. They're afraid of me. And he reasoned, he said, to them, I'm a stranger. I'm terrifying them. If only I can think of a way to let them know that they can trust me. That I'm trustworthy. That I'm not wanting to hurt them. I want to save them. I want to help them. They just would not follow. They would not be led. They would not be shooed. And then he began to think. If only I'll be a bird. If I could be a bird and mingle with them and, and speak their language. If I could tell them not to be afraid of me. If I could show them the safe and warm place in the barn. But I need to become one of them. And I can't. Right at that moment, he could hear the church bells ringing over the noise of the wind and the sound of the bells. Adeste, Fidelis, come, all you faithful. And the light came on in his head. And he said, that's what Jesus did. And that moment, in the snow, he dropped to his knees and asked Jesus to come into his life. My beloved friends, Jesus loved us so much that he left the splendor of He became one of us. He did not come to intimidate us. He did not come to scare us. He did not come to frighten us. He came and he died for us. So that everyone who would accept that death on the cross to be for them would receive his warm embrace, forgiveness of sins, eternal life with him forever. You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef and a special Christmas message called Make Room for Him So He May Have Room for You. A pointed challenge to follow Christ throughout the year. Hi, this is Michael Youssef. In these troubled times, you're probably asking, where is the peace we sing about at Christmas time? Ah, but you can have peace. When you come to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, you will find true peace and joy. Will you come to Him? Are you looking for peace that can withstand any hardship that life can bring? Visit ltw.org slash Jesus. Well, we'd normally mention some great resources you can get for free from our ministry store right here. 
But today, in anticipation and celebration of the Christmas season, we wanted to share with you a selection of Christmas worship music from the team at Dr. Yusuf's Church, the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta. As that begins, I'll mention that the website to learn more about Dr. Yusuf and leading the way is ltw.org. ltw.org. Baby Jesus born a stable, a humble Savior's birth. You left your throne in heaven above to live here on the earth. Baby Jesus lying a major crying for the world. The angels told the shepherds of the good news for us all. Leading the way with Dr. Michael Yusuf is a global media ministry. Learn more about Dr. Yusuf and Leading the Way at ltw.org or call 1-300-133-589. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.